films, Chris? Let's do it. All right, welcome to an all-new Criterionauts. I'm Criterionaut Joey. I'm Criterionaut Chris. And for this episode, we have watched Dead Ringers. Dead Ringers. From 1988, 156 minutes. Is that right? That seems right. No. I think it's an hour and 56 minutes. Yeah, I must have typed it wrong. Yeah. 156 well, this isn't Heaven's Gate. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, that 600 minutes. Uh, written by David Cronenberg and Norman Snyder, but then it said book by these two, Barry Wood and Jack Giesland. So, yeah, I, I have some stories about this, some interesting... About the fact that Dead Ringers is based on a true story? That's correct. Is the is the book it's based on based on the true story, people? Yeah, so the book, yeah, the book is a fictionalized version of the true story. Oh, okay, okay. I, I okay, anyway... Directed by David Cronenberg. <laughs> IMDb score seven point three with thirty eight thousand and twenty view or votes. Rotten Tomato score eighty two percent with thirty nine reviews and audience score of eighty two percent with twenty one thousand nine hundred and thirty six votes. So I hadn't seen this uh, until we watched it, and I had been meaning to for quite a while. Um, you obviously have you own the laser disc. I do. <laughs> Uh, <coughs> did you buy this when Laserdisc was in its prime? No, I bought this um, when you could still buy Laser. No, no, probably. Bail. I Bail probably yeah. <laughs> I probably bought it ten or fifteen, sometime in the last ten or fifteen years. Maybe I bought it. I, I, I bought it at Amoeba Records when you could still get Laserdiscs there. Oh, you can't anymore. I don't think so. Oh. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to get... The, it's like, tough it's to be a lover of Laserdisc. It's hot out there for a Laserdisc, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I was just I curious... I don't know what that voice is. <laughs> I was curious if you love this movie so much, you went and bought Dead Ringers in its like full price. At time. $125. <laughs> so yeah, so this it, the Criterion Collection discs... When they were in CLV format, we were just before we started recording, we were having a discussion about the CAV versus CLV formats, which if you just go to the Laserdisc Wikipedia, there's a full rundown of the of the I'm tech sure specs. Um, but uh, the, the short version is that it was almost twice as it was almost two times the resolution of, of VHS and which was incredible back then. Now it's like a. It, it, if you try to watch a laserdisc on a 4K television, it's it's like it's like watching an original YouTube video. It just looks like shit. Where and all you do is keep trying to set the resolution higher, and yeah, there isn't like, oh, one. it can't. Yeah, <laughs> why is that? Oh, because it didn't exist back in 2006. Um, but uh, but yeah, the 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 CLV ones I think were a hundred and. I believe the CAV ones were like 125, 150. Jeez. So this probably, I think that this disc set that is here in the room with us, I think was was either 125 or 150. Wow. Originally. Would I you, bought it for $25. I say, would you have paid that? No. Is there any movie you would pay that for? Oh, I and I did. Um, <clears throat> I, I I'd have to look at my Laserdisc collection, but I, I definitely paid full price for like the Star Wars trilogy definitive mm. collection. Uh, I definitely paid full price for um, 
the doors. Oh, that's not a Criterion. Mm. Uh, there were these Pioneer special editions um, of Oliver Stone movies, like the Natural Born Killers one was amazing. Oh. They had that, and I think those were in the like eighty to a hundred dollar range too. Fuck. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it was stupid. It was. <laughs> I mean, what an insane amount of money to spend on. But I, I was so into movies. Uh-huh. I it 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 is one of my great life's great sadnesses that I don't watch as many movies as I used to and and as I would like to. I think it's like a that's part of why I love doing these podcasts is that it forces me to to watch movies and 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 I I I am I'm grateful to actually do it even even though they're ones you've seen again and even though they are still dead ringers hey listen (laughs) yeah it was I, I I remember loving this movie just because it, it's so it's so weird, and it's and Jeremy Irons, I, the two things I remembered going in, or like that have lingered with me, which are probably part of why I actually bought the disc mm-hmm. at Amoeba uh, here in Los Angeles, uh, was one Jeremy Irons. I remember feeling like that's one of the best performances I've ever seen in a movie because he, at no point, are you like. Well, that's just the same actor. He feels like two totally different people. Right. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that every performance is like as subtle and nuanced <laughs> in every scene, because um, Beverly definitely is a little uh, over the top. A at little times. bit, yes. But um, or most of the times, all the times. <laughs> but um, and then, so what? What year was it? Eighty eight. Eighty eight. Yes. So this is criterion number 21, like really early in the, like they, they wanted this one on their bad. That's right. It would be spine number 21. Oh now. Okay. So spine number 21 would be the DVD Uh, because they started over. Oh, they did. Yeah. Because this is actually spine number three Oh five on the laser disc. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, the laser disc weirdly isn't listed on the site, but it says one DVD out of print. Yeah, ninety uh, six was when the laser disc was pressed. Ah, so um, I, I eighty eight, the technology this that we had the split screen technology. Mm-hmm. I I think it's it's I and even watching it again, it's unbelievable. When you think of what technology existed then, right, they're right. they're shooting on film. Um, I assume they're using motion control, but the, but they don't have the kind of digital technology that we have today, and it's really good. It's very good. And there are some. I mean, there are like dolly. There are moving shots where they. I, I'm not actually even sure how they did it in 1987. Is probably when they shot it. Yeah. I, I really am not sure how they did it. I had I, that exact thought on a couple shots where I was like, "Man, this would have been so much easier if the camera was not moving." Exactly, but it is, and it still worked. I was really like it's, amazed. It's by unbelievable. Some of it. yeah. It's really incredible, and and. I mean, if only I had the Laserdisc to listen to the commentary <laughs> or look at some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, I guess I should have done that. Have you seen Moon? No. That's, like, one of the only other movies that I've thought, like, I don't see the cheats as much. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not shot, reverse shot, or 
you know, we're always seeing him hug someone that's clearly not actually him or something. Right. Like Moon and this one, I feel like, are some of the better examples of the, like the fake twins I've seen. And it's crazy that you said that this is 1988. Now, did you find it weird uh, as a father of twin boys? Did you find this to be like a stirring uh, cautionary uh, tale? cautionary tale <laughs> <clears throat> about being a good parent? Uh, well, uh, we'll get to that a little bit in the in the the wrap up synopsis. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but yes, it is it is funny and and it's I've keyed into twin stuff in movies way more these days, and it's it's funny that whenever a movie puts twins in a movie, it's they're gonna be messed up in some some way. <laughs> I'm like, oh god, why is there just no normal like they're also twins, like that doesn't exist. If you put them in there, it's an intentional choice, yes. and it's because something is messed up. <laughs> uh, They're freaks. Before we get into the the play-by-play, let's see what Criterion has to say about Dead Ringers. <clears throat> in Dead Ringers, David Cronenberg David Cronenberg tells the chilling story of identical twin gynecologists, which that is the most Cronenberg sentence <laughs> for a <laughs> description I've I've ever seen. Suave Elliot and sensitive Beverly. They clearly had a favorite. Bipolar sides of one personality who share the same practice, the same apartment, the same women. When a new patient, glamorous actress Claire Nouveau, challenges their eerie bond, they descend into a whirlpool of sexual confusion, drugs, and madness. Jeremy Irons' tour de force performance as both twins raises disturbing questions about the nature of personal identity. I will agree with that statement. Um, I, I feel, you know, not to put what I what I think of the movie up front, I feel like the setup and everything of this is so good and so weird and so particularly David Cronenberg mm-hmm. that they just started making the movie before they, like, knew what story they wanted to do. <laughs> They're just like, quick, we got to get in there before they realize the, the money we're or like what check they just wrote, <laughs> like start shooting, like get this going. Even before anybody reads this, it's like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> what is Twin this? gynecologists. You're making your own speculums or something like. But you, oh, you mean um, the instruments for operating on mutant women? Mutant women. Yeah. David, David, this movie exists. So David Cronenberg could have some prop department make his, finally make his gynecological inventions. Uh, I don't think that's, I mean, I know you're sort of joking. I don't think that's entirely inaccurate. Here's this quote uh, in the the liner notes of the Laserdisc. Okay. It's a quote. People say, what are you trying to do with your movies? I say, imagine you've drilled a hole in your forehead and then what you dream is projected directly onto a screen. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) So he's Creep City and... Uh, I mean, if you've seen any of his other movies, you know he 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 ha- he is like gynecologically fascinated. I think he's he seen. I mean, I guess I'm psychoanalyzing, but uh, he seems to be like terrified of female anatomy. Oh, really? I haven't seen a ton of his movies. I owned The Brood and Videodrome, both of which I haven't seen. So it's like I I don't know if it. I feel like those are the more like normal of his. 
Kind of. Kind of. Until I like mean, Eastern the... Promises is probably. I mean, once he becomes much older, and may, maybe out. yeah, maybe he met a, a real woman and was like, "Oh, it isn't so bad. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Actually, <laughs> I love this." I don't need to create a bunch of weird tools to operate on mutant women. But, and just to say, none of those tools look like they would have been useful. Now, most of them look like bugs. Yeah. Or, or worms or creepy aliens. Bone fingers with just like a one claw at the end. Like, I don't even know what the purpose of that would be in the gyne- gynecology room, whatever studio, whatever they're called, the OR. Yeah, the gynecology studio. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the let's, GS. Let's start from the beginning, where we start at the very, very beginning with uh, two twins, or obviously the twins walking through the streets, being fucking weirdos, like right out the gate. Um, I. What am I trying to say? You're worried about your boys. Yeah. Yeah. They're I, fucking weirdos. I, I'm, like I'm worried about your boys too. I mean, there's a lot of weird shit in this house, man. <laughs> they can never come into the studio here. So I don't I'll, let the kids out here. They can only come out here if they wear the blindfold. Th- that's worse. Why? Th- that's cre- the, what is, like bird box? Yeah. I don't like this. What's the problem? I don't like where this is going. <laughs> What's the problem? Um, but they quickly established that these two twins are messed up in some way because they're talking not like normal boys and... We're talking particularly about sex. <laughs> and they walk up to this girl and ask, it's like, hey, you want to do an experiment? Will you have sex with us? Yeah. And her response is so good. Yeah. She's like, fuck you, you yeah. fucking creep. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling my dad. Yeah. It's exactly what we felt. <laughs> yeah. It was perfect. But it, it quickly establishes that there's something weird about these twins because um, we get brief glimpses of a couple points in their lives as we get to the present time, which was some really bad fades to black. Yes. And fades to them in school uh, doing like their own dissections on a cadaver with some instrument. A custom made gyno device that they, uh, the, that they created. The the mantle. Mm, mon, I want to say mantle mon, mandible, but that's wrong. It's called the mantle something. Yeah. Cause that's their name. Right. Uh, but they essentially design this, Weird forcepty type device that it becomes the standard practice, like a spreader. Yes, ew. Yes, no, it is. But it's. I think. I mean, what the the way that uh, Elliot describes it later is that when Beverly uh, goes a little off script and starts losing his mind and asks that woman if she's ever been with an animal, right? Uh, he's using this device on her, and she's very uncomfortable. Kind of, uh, and that scene made me the most uncomfortable. It's in so the whole weird. Movie. It's so weird. Just the whole time, I'm thinking like, it takes a lot to make a movie. Like to, it's it is an act of uh, of will. Yeah, to get a movie made, and you gotta really want to tell that story. <laughs> and this is the story he really wanted to tell. Yes. And it's, yeah, that's, it's, you know, I'll, I'll leave that there and say, you know, you can think of that what you will. But, but, um, that device is with, uh, Elliot says that's for surgery. 
that's something that they created that's for surgery. To... Right. There was a phrase they kept using. It's like it's it's meant for retraction or or something, not for. This is not a vagina device. It's not meant for that. And he then he used it on this woman in a scene that is not graphic, explicit or anything. But like the entire time, I had oh, like this awful. weird pit in my stomach because all you see is this woman's face reaction, and his like from his chest up, like where he's clearly working on something, and it's so awkward and yeah. like horrible, and that was itself kind of impressive. Well, I mean, look, there's there's probably nothing more more. Uh... Uh, accurate or fun than two men just talking about a gynecologist uh, and the experience <laughs> of women at the gynecologist, right. something that we've never been through. But if you, I mean, you, if you've ever talked to a woman about it, like going to the gynecologist is uncomfortable and weird, even mm. in, be- in the best case scenario is it's weird. Yeah. And worst case, it's very uncomfortable. Worst and, case, and it's painful and and it's scary. a Cronenberg movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Worst case is you wake up and you're in a David Cronenberg movie suddenly. Oh, not again! Oh, so we we establish these two twins and their their medical practice are they're kind of the big shots in um, their field, and that's kind of where the setup stops. Uh, you realize that one has become kind of this like player playboy version. And the other one is like the nerdy, more insecure one that is obviously named Beverly because they knew it would be that way from the beginning. And they just like routinely share women because they're such dead ringers for each other. They can't be told apart. So that's gross. Uh, there is a line. Chris is nodding for the people at home. Oh, you can't hear that? <laughs> um, he tells a patient, this is my note, just says, he tells a patient her insides are fantastic. And then he said, haven't you heard of inner beauty barf? Yeah, awful. Yeah. So gross. Um, and then this is, they meet this actress who comes in, and she has an actual mutation of some sort that they try to describe when she says tell me about my uterus tell me about my uterus at the dinner table when at this fancy restaurant who was the other dude that was there with them her agent agent okay so yeah tell me about my uterus i'm like oh it's very rare you have three of them or something there and he had like an, an analogy that i don't remember off the top of my head um, didn't wait? Didn't she has three? Doesn't she have three vaginal openings or three openings? I don't think it was. It was something internal. Okay, I'm pretty sure. It I was, mean, that's. I mean, that is it. It's all internal. With a lady, Ew. it's getting it's getting <laughs> problematic. It's getting weird. Start dancing around Already. the edge of this one. Um, anyway, she she meets the doctors and starts to have an affair with. Elliot, who then is like, hey, I'm meeting the actress tonight, Beverly. Why don't you go take a run? And, like, the weird thing is Elliot is into that. He's into being able to pass ladies off to Bev. and Because they don't know. Because they have no idea. Yeah, and there's that. So after they have uh, 
I in my notes before I really started understanding that they were Beverly and Elliot, I called Beverly Dork. <laughs> called him the nerdy one. <laughs> and I called uh I called uh Elliot Cool Twin. <laughs> yeah, um, it's not very far off from what I had. But when 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 Bev goes to see her and and we realize that Elliot had had sex with her last night and she's like i'm still vibrating yes woof all the stuff she like like weirdly intensely whispers to him like all of it is so gross Uh, like and but you you also have to remember i don't know what you did to me every word that every woman is saying was written by a man (laughs) right and it's such it, it i mean it really like especially in light of of everything that's happened in the last few years for the better, um, it really, it, I don't, it really shines a light on how gross it is that, that, it, I mean, it, it, in, in a way, this is, this is what this, perhaps this man's fantasy of what a woman feels and what a woman feels is she wants to have sex with her gynecologist because it seems like they kind of all want to have sex with their gynecologist. It kind of does. Yeah, you're right. Well, they know what they're doing, right? Do they? Well, it seems like they do actually. <laughs> um they have a the the they's the the twins have this conversation where Elliot's like you need to go see this actress, but if you don't, I'll do terrible things to her and tell you about them. And then immediate cut to Smash cut. Smash cut to them smashing with her tied to the bed with, like, surgical tubing and, like, those clampy scissors-looking things, which, sure, if you're into being tied up, but can you not find anything that isn't surgical tubing in these weird scissor clamps? Oh, it's, I mean, well, and she, you know, she wants to be punished. Right, right. Right. I, I wrote Cronenberg's really playing out some weird, like <laughs> stereotypical fantasy elements. Who? Which one was that? Was did Bev do all the the? That was Bev because she wanted it like that, and then she and then he like, and it, it was that I think th- that was the same time when, <clears throat> uh, he like told her plainly like you'll never get pregnant, and she like wanted to be punished. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, so yeah, Bev is the the shy one, kind of has a little bit of a, a drinking thing, and it's one of those situations where like Elliot has the the suaveness and he can sell them, and Beverly has like the research and the stuff that props up their their whole practice. So they're this team in pretty much every conceivable possible way, um, but. You know, it took me probably a half an hour of getting used to the two versions of him before I saw them. Yeah, like separately. I mean, um, they, they 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 try because often Beverly's wearing glasses. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's the old Clark Kent Superman. <laughs> yeah, but he he like carries himself different, and you, like the more totally. you watch it, he's like he like is meek and like. You can tell he's just kind of like not sure of himself. But yeah. then, and then Elliot will walk into the same room. It's the same dude, yep. same scene, completely different human being. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's the it's one of the best performances ever. It's pretty pretty great, especially uh, yeah. The Elliot performance 
uh, even more so because the Beverly performance is, uh, you know, increasingly histrionic and over the top. Right. Um, But the Elliot, the way suave is usually not something that you're playing. Suave is just like Brad Pitt is suave. Uh, uh, you know, Steve McQueen. They're just who they are. But Jeremy Irons is playing two different people in the same frame. And one of them is suave and the other one is not. And sometimes they're not even saying or doing anything. You can just just tell. tell. Yeah. It's so crazy. The Wikipedia article on it. Um, I'm I'm just going to read this paragraph because I thought it was pretty interesting. Irons was given two dressing rooms with two sets of costumes for his playing of two characters. However, given the fact that he said the whole point is the story is sometimes you should be confused as to which is which, which I didn't know was the whole point, but I was <laughs> sometimes. Uh, he chose to use only one of the rooms and combine different costume items intended for different characters. Irons also developed a, quote, internal way to portray each character, employing the Alexander technique for different energy points, giving each character his own appearance. Whoa. And I don't I don't know what any of that means. I've the, heard of the Alexander technique before. But it, it's something I totally registered, even though I don't know like the the school behind it, you know. Um but yeah, energy points and you the longer you spend time with both of these characters, you can like they start to feel more like different people, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. You you've seen the new Watchmen, right? The show? Yeah. 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 He's in that too. He's great in that too. Oh, he's phenomenal. Yeah. I love if you haven't look, I know this is not a uh uh podcast about HBO's Watchmen, but <laughs> I mean holy shit. But from shit. now on it's about HBO's Watchmen. It's it's I mean it's nine episodes and that's it. That's yeah. the end of it. And it's real good. It's fantastic. But he's like I, I feel like I hadn't seen him in anything that crossed into my area of interest for like a very long time. And it's like, oh yeah, he's still like a pretty good actor. Pretty good he's actor. A really good actor. Um, does he does he work much these days? Uh, you see, he's. I, I wondered that myself, and also when I saw that he was in it, I was like, holy shit, Jeremy Irons in a TV show? Yeah. And because I never saw the Tudors, oh, which I was on either. for like eight years or something. He was in that. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. I mean, it's like there, so so many people. I remember feeling that about Eddie Murphy. When they when Dream Girls came out, mm-hmm. and it was like, where has Eddie Murphy been? He probably hasn't worked in fifteen years. And you looked at his IMDb; it's like, oh no, no, he's made a movie like every year. It's just not movies I would ever see, like Haunted Mansion, right, or uh, Mr. Magoo, or whatever. <laughs> I don't think he's, he's just making millions of dollars on these movies yeah. that you'll never see, For, uh, and, and kids' movies. Right, and then also right. shit movies like Norbit, Norbit, mm-hmm. and a thousand words about a guy oh. who only has a thousand words left. Whoa! Yeah. It's like a a spec script for Twilight Zone. So we've got Eddie Murphy, one of the funniest people um, ever. Let's make him not speak. <laughs> Good call. Let's do it. Green light. Uh, don't listen to his stand up today. <laughs> it that's is, not very good it is uh rough stuff uh, it has not aged hard, hard well. to listen to <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're just like oh also you're like 
you got busted for a lot of things that make this all way more yeah. problematic. Yes. And also it's today. And yeah. yeah. Anyway, Jeremy Irons is very good. So take everything we say from here on out knowing that Jeremy Irons is fantastic. You know, it's interesting now that we're talking about Eddie Murphy, because Eddie Murphy did to great acclaim a very similar thing where he played multiple characters. Oh, in the, the nutty frame. professor. Right. But he, there was makeup. I only to said that because I thought you were going to say them. like a classic, like technically good movie. Well, I think he was nominated for an Oscar for Nutty Professor, and if he wasn't, he should have been. It's he's amazing in that movie for real. Nutty Professor Oscar nomination, really? Alexa. <laughs> um, it, but but what if this movie starred Eddie Murphy? There'd be more fat suits. Yeah, it was just, it was like suave Eddie Murphy and fat Eddie Murphy from Nutty <laughs> Professor. <Yeah. laughs> yes. Just um, picture the rest of the movie that way. Uh, he won a Saturn Award for it. Does that hey, count? Hey, the Saturn Awards. We yeah. love the Saturn Awards. Uh, Academy Awards Best Makeup is the only nomination. Boo, he was great. Um, he's no Medea, that's for sure. Hallelujah. All right, so let's get back to it. Um, so the, the story starts to take a weird turn when the twins split this actress. Right. Uh, Bev, who's very insecure about his name to the point where she mentions his name as Beverly. He's like, what do you think? Because I'm named Beverly, I'm gay or something, which is a, a direct quote from, a post-coital conversation um, when we know it's Bev and not Elliot, and it, it's, like, right there, the movie should have fallen apart. I'm like, what the... That's, you're very different right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actress says she is in psychosexual pain. Right. Which is a great alt title for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and what I felt watching the movie. Yes. Um, the Elliot is convinced that this woman is using the doctors for drug drug prescriptions. But Bev... Bev's into it. Bev is into her, like, more than he's been into these other women that have shared. And to Elliot, it's like, whatever. I, I, this I, is something we do. Yeah, it's something we do, and I like the fact that we can do it, and also, please do it, please, please, please do it. Please well, go yeah, over it. <laughs> and, like, I mean, increasingly you come to realize that what Elliot likes about it is that he's sharing with his brother. Yeah. Like, he's obsessed, really, with his brother, and is 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 in some ways in love with his brother and wants wants he longs to be with his brother but knows they can't be together that way so yeah. the way they come together is by uh, sharing what? no <laughs> is by is by uh sharing the the same woman and the same everything really um yeah. Oh. Oh. I found so it in my weird notes. that they live together. Yeah. That like, too. I found it in my in my notes. It's nerdo. 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 You call them is, dork. You call them nerdo. What'd you call uh, Elliot? Um. I just. I think I just said the player. Cool twin. Yeah. Player twin. Yeah. So he's the player. Um. There was a scene. The actress feels something is odd. Sometimes I like you very much. Other times. You're an amusing lay, but not much more. 
And then he's like kind of sad about that because he's like so insecure. He's like, man, I'm the times when I'm just uh-huh. so amusing. Yeah, I'm a bummer. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I'm my go, brother's so cool. My brother's so cool. I'm he's gonna a go player. go drink in my office and foreshadow my problems with chemicals and addictions. <sighs> so then they all have dinner together. Oh yeah. Well, she finds out. Right. The actress lady finds out that there there are two of them. Uh, Correct. Which is like, doesn't everybody know that? Aren't they super famous for being identical twin twin gynos? And she went there. Yeah. She went to their practice. So like... (laughs) Um, Who who told her? She found out a weird way. Her friend. She's with a friend. Oh, Oh, is it the gay guy friend who? No, it was the lady, the the smoking lady that was just like some random scene out of nowhere. You know, they're twins, right? They're twins and they're identical. You can't tell them apart. And she's like, nobody can tell them apart. She's like, wait a minute. Maybe I can't. Maybe also I cannot tell them apart. Uh, Ha ha ha. En français. I don't remember it sounding like that in that scene. Ah, oui, oui. I am a French. My name is Claire Nouveau. I didn't know that was her last name. Nouveau, which means new. Is that what I said? I said that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought didn't maybe know that. I said it wrong. I didn't know her name was Claire until late in the movie. I just yeah, kept writing too. movie star. I said actress. Yeah. I had no idea. I, it's usually in these movies like halfway through because I'm, I'm trying to take notes like from the beginning and it's before you know who anything or what anything right, is. So right. you just have to like immediately know who you're talking about. Uh, but they have an amazingly uncomfortable lunch where she wants to meet uh, Bev's brother, and Elliot is there, who is just going to act like this is the first time he's he's meeting her. Right. I I'm here with my brother and his lady, and he's like, "Brother, your 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 missus is hysterical. Like, what's her problem? This is crazy." And she's like, "Nah, I've boned both of you. I know yeah. what's going on. This is and, fucking gross and You're weird." And that that again, the shades of of Jeremy Irons' performance. It, why it's so good when Elliot drops the veneer of like him trying to pretend. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's so subtle. The when he suddenly is like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I fucked you first. And or he yeah, says. he says something super cutting that, uh, uh, and I got bored with you or something. He's like, I, like I threw her you to him basically. Oh, here it is. Uh, actually I was the one who fucked you first, but I gave you to my brother because you weren't very good. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, also thanks bro. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's offensive to everybody. <laughs> and I think this is maybe the fifth time I've seen this note in my notes. It says after that line, it just says Nerdo is sad. <laughs> Which is like his recurring Nerdo. Nerdo is sad. Um, so I don't, I don't know what the award was, but it's shortly after this. Bev is now a wreck because he doesn't have Claire, and he didn't even really have her to begin with because it was under this, you know, pretense of them being the same person. But he's like now just destroyed, like his marriage is falling apart or something, and then. Elliot wins some award, and I don't know why he won it and not Bev. It seems like they won the award, and he was accepting it. Oh, and he okay. was like, "Oh, yeah, my brother, you know, because he they his brother, you know, has a drinking problem." Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> foreshadowing, it's gonna get worse. <laughs> 
Um, and he, he, he says like, my brother's not here. He's, you know, he's always, you know, back in the lab, like very focused right. on his work. And then he rolls in there like wasted, wasted and interrupts the proceedings. He says, we're doing everything for these bimbos <laughs> was a quote that Bev said while Elliot was up on the, the podium. Uh, but this, this I think is like the beginning act two now <laughs> where, uh, Elliot, is going to go off and lecture and teach and leave Beverly at the practice to kind of pick up the slack and run it as much by himself as he can. Um, and I don't remember exactly when Bev starts taking pills. Does he do it with Claire? Does she give him one? Should they like, that's a good question. He starts dipping into the pills and I think it was because she gave him one to like mellow him out. I think that might be right. But then he like keeps doing it. And now he's like getting overworked. He's at the practice by himself. This is where we have that super uncomfortable scene with the, the other tool, the mantle spreader and the woman who is like trying to be normal through her appointment. And Jeremy irons as Bev is, uh, really going to town on something off screen. Just looks really, really rough. Um, he starts to get like really short, and it, from here, I feel like the rest of the movie is one scene. It's like one big, like snowball scene until the finale, which I'm not gonna say yet. Um. I don't want to. I don't want us to to overlook because I you you kind of you did jump ahead. Did I? Yeah. Well, you. I mean, you the the drug problem starts happening and and it 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 gets it gets pretty it gets pretty bad and oh man, they almost he almost goes into the OR like having withdrawals and they're weird fucking red OR scrubs. Little on the nose, don't you think? They're like, they're like papal gown. They're like, yeah, they're like. It looks like something out of the Catholic Church meets Star uh, Wars. Yeah, <laughs> it's they're the like all you can see is their eyes, and it's like not like any surgery I've ever seen. And they're red. Why are they red? So red. Um, but I, uh, I, I, I don't want to overlook because you know there's the part where he is with. Elliot's kind of with his girlfriend and he's kind of trying to get like Bev to like be a part of it. Oh and he's God, like, that was so weird. And, and he, it's getting weird and she's feeling it, but Beverly walks away and he's like, stay with us, stay with me. <laughs> but his eyes, it's so good. And then Bev collapses and Elliot gives him mouth to mouth. Well, the girl tries to first and he's like, no, it's get away. Brother. Yeah. Get away let me, brother. let me put my mouth on his mouth. I'm finally allowed. Um, and and so yeah, so we can't let them know about the drugs, and he's going to put them on his own detox program. But this is the thing I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. So then it cuts to fucking like the worst extra ever. Uh, he looks like Judd Nelson or something, and he gets off the elevator and he's got like a box of food from the grocery store oh, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, and we follow this not character off the elevator and he walks down the hall and El- and Elliot 
takes the box and he's like, thanks. And this, this kid's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, why did we spend so much time with this kid? It was a really bad show. It seems like it must've been like Cronenberg's friend or something. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know if we've passed the dream now or not, but they Cronenberg. We did. We passed the dream. We had to get one Cronenbergism, like a, a regular Cronenbergism in it, which is, I don't even remember who has the nightmare. Probably Bev has a nightmare where they're conjoined, conjoined twins with yeah. like this weird umbilicus. Yeah, they were conjoined. <laughs> they were conjoined and, and Claire was sucking on it. Yeah, and then she was going to separate them and takes a big old bite out of their connective tissue. And I'm like, oh, it is a Cronenberg movie. And then we wake up. Uh, the Wikipedia article also said there was another one of those that they Ooh. shot that they did not put in the movie. Like it comes back again, probably like worse or something. Uh, the, and the scene that follows that, uh, there are the two twin like escorts or sisters or whatever mm-hmm. they are. And he's like, I want you to call me Elliot and you to call me Beverly. <laughs> Dude's got some stuff to work through. <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, once Bev is detoxing, that's where I started feeling as a, as a defender, as formerly a defender of this movie, uh, I was like, I don't remember Jeremy Irons' performance being so petulant and over the top when he's mm. like, <laughs> he's like he's, he's, and he like hits the blinds, <laughs> like that stuff. I don't know. But his that, name is Beverly, so he's like that's a problematic statement. That he's you're making. leaning into it. He's really, so. he's you know, he's method. For I, guess some, so. I don't know. It it's at this point the motivations of a lot of stuff get really muddy and I, maybe that's the point, but it just seems like stuff just continues to happen. And the, the reasoning for it gets real loose. Yeah, it does. And it, it, I guess it does start to have that kind of dream logic where it's like, you go from this and then here you are suddenly like what I didn't understand. If Beverly's having such a bad problem and Elliot's like, we can't let anybody know and we got to get you off this stuff. And then like all of a sudden he's back in the exam room and that's when he is using that creepy spreader being like, something's wrong with your vagina. And he's like, they're all mutants. Have you been with a dog? Yeah. And that's, and he starts blaming her body and goes to that weird metal artist to have him make his designs. His designs that he has come up with for mutant women for working on mutant women because all his patients lately something has happened to the women they're all mutants, so he ha- comes up with all these contraptions which I believe one of them used to be like the cover of this movie used to be the cover it was all these different gross looking Cronenberg implements and apparently on the laser disc for the for the first time ever this is something that they brag about in the thing. Um, Cronenberg has allowed us to preserve in this boxed set two related treasures from his own archive. The instruments for operating on mutant women in chapter 45 are artwork in their own right, seen only fleetingly in the film, but preserved here as they were shown in a rare 1993 museum exhibit called The Strange Objects of David Cronenberg's desire. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Super gross. Are the, it's the drawings that he gave the artist. No. I believe it's the devices. Oh, uh, okay. Um and then they also have a short film that he made uh, a long time ago 
that was very hard, you know, rarely screened at the time called Crimes of the Future, which just, I mean, if we're trying to get a, a read on what this guy's into, <laughs> um, uh, there, there's a decimated female population, uh, and this this weird. I think he's a oh, he's a dermatologist, another uh, medical he, professional. He, he joins a conspiracy of heterosexual pedophiles whose purpose is to impregnate a little girl brought prematurely to puberty to avoid this disease that has decimated the female population. What? Yeah, so we know what we know what this guy's all about. It's called Crimes of the Future. It's really it's really weird. I I mean I have watched it. It's very strange. Is it good? I remember it feeling very uh, uncomfortable, which is a feeling that if you've seen his other movies, you become very familiar with. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they're they're very even even as they're like Shivers. Have you ever seen Shivers? I own it. Have not. It's I have Shivers and Rabbit. It's crazy. I got I, am, I have those on Arrow. I have not watched yeah. them because they're UK imports and yeah. harder to watch. Yeah, yeah. But those are early, right? Those are yeah. like yeah when he had no money. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I believe it's Shivers is the one that has Marilyn Chambers, the porn star, is in it. Cool. Yeah. And that's how they got the movie made. Oh, really? <laughs> I want to say like Ivan Reitman or something. Like there was some person who's now very famous filmmaker who was a producer at the time who like put the money together. I think it is Ivan Reitman. Are Shivers and Rabbit connected? I believe they were shot at the same time. Oh, okay. Or within... I thought they were like a sequel and a prequel or something. I don't think that they are story-wise connected, but I also could be mistaken about oh, okay. that. Uh, so where are we in this movie? Bev is still addicted to drugs, and then... Uh... The receptionist quit when when uh, he was injecting himself. Yeah, she walks in on him tying off. Just like... casually like, yeah, what's up? Uh, yeah, he almost operates on somebody, like, when he's either in withdrawal or super high. Oh, that was crazy. I was like, oh, God. Like, which is another great moment. He brings out his crazy instruments. Yeah, and he's just like, just number them, and I'll tell you a number. and hand five. Them to, Give five. me number five. And you're like, the entire time, because they, like, scrub him up. They, like, walk in. They uncover the instrument. Like, they're very methodical about all of it. You're like... Someone needs to stop this. <laughs> you're just like watching. Yes. You're like, this is going to happen. Is and this going to happen? And then when he like real? jumps over her body to get the gas, you just slow it down. You just slow it down. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I, I think. I think the jig may be up at that point. It, if anything, this movie is a, is a very effective, uh, quietly, it is low key and anti drug movie. <laughs> so don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> Are kids listening to this? I hope not. I hope not. Um, this is a oh, this is a solid gold mantle retractor, which was that's the name, right, the, the mantle retractor. <laughs> oh man, this is making me uncomfortable. That was the note on that scene uh, that the lady was complaining about his tool. Um, but then he goes before the medical board after that, right. and he's like, and that which we then I suspected, and then you realize it was Elliot mm-hmm. trying to, and and they lose their life. Well, they. They basically have to agree to never uh, go into. But they basically have to stop uh, practicing, and they have to go st- into strictly research. research. 
which we were going to do anyway. So it's fine. It's fine. Um, and he confronts Bev about the instruments. He's kind of losing it. So he starts actually giving him drugs and starts taking some himself. This wh- is where it all falls apart. But why does he start doing that? Because like, this is where they start talking about the synchronicity, needing to be synchronized. Right. He he does talk about that. And I think, I th- well, A, you know, there's a reason people take drugs. It's because they're great. Because they're super fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think he is, they are so, so they, they have such a symbiotic relationship. And so my my interpretation of it is that he starts like, well, eventually he says, like, if I take the drugs, it goes into my brother's bloodstream, which is that what that's the point when the, the girl from is like, what? <laughs> I don't think uh, that's how it again? works. Yeah. Uh, we need to get synchronized. And once we get synchronized, it'll all be easy. So that's Elliot's plan. Uh, and that sentence is about as much of it as the plan gets before it all just falls apart immediately. And now they're both just wicked addicted to dr- to drugs uh, in their own different ways. Um, there was a... Let's see. Well, he, he saw that the metal art... Oh, God. There's the moment here which sends... the The one that initially sent and we totally forgot to talk about it, sent Bev into his spiral. Oh, right. Which was he calls Claire, who is away on a shoot, Mm -hmm. and her super gay Mm -hmm. uh, assistant answers the phone, and Bev is like, she's cheating on me. Oh, God. She's cheating on me. And it's later... She's like, no, that was my super gay assistant. She literally tells... It's like, no, he's very gay, and that was very much my assistant. And he doesn't really react to that, but that simple misunderstanding—yeah, that simple misunderstanding—is pretty much the the tipping point for the entire downfall of these two, like supposedly brilliant gynecologists. Like, oh, I made a phone call and was really confused about something, and now our <laughs> lives are ruined. Over, our lives are over. Yeah, uh, Elliot. I'm sorry. Bev prescribed some stuff to Claire so that she can go get him pills because at this point I was confused. I think Elliot is still not letting Bev have anything, right? He's like, cut him off, but Bev is now taking pills. So Bev prescribes Claire the pills so that he can take them from her. Well, at that, at that point when, when, when that happens, um, that's right after So he's, that's when he gets locked in the clinic and the guy has to Just let him out, out, which is weird. Yeah. And then, um, and then he sees the instruments at an art gallery and he steals them. The, and then, cause the, the artist who made them for yeah, him knocked just it made off his own. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, um, as he said, he was going to, Hmm, that's a great idea for an art <laughs> show. A great idea for an art show. Um, and then he, he goes to Claire uh, and he, he writes her a prescription to get him drugs because he's going through withdrawal. Mm-hmm. And then while he's passed out finally on her drugs, um, she finds his instruments. So... And then he's con- he's confused as to why Elliot hasn't called looking for him. Like, wh- And um, she confronts him about the instruments. He so doesn't what remember. Are these, what are these about? 
what's what's with huh. i don't know these what? weird finger stabbers yeah. what's ymm. you were into this what is this right <laughs> It's just, it's it's like, like, oh, no, huh, that's weird. I don't remember that. Anyway, goodbye. I'll, anyway, I'll take yeah, them. I'm going to oh. go home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he goes home, and their apartment looks rough, <laughs> real rough. And then The finds... apartment's taking pills now, too. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when Elliot is, is just fully clothed in the shower. Yeah, that's always a good sign. And that's pretty much the end of the movie. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, they 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 went downhill. So, I mean, Elliot especially went downhill so fast. Yeah. And that's when they, like, and then... Like almost the next scene is them like talking about their like their drug regimen and they get on they Monday eat cake on and, Monday we kick yeah yeah right that's uh, which uh, that's a pretty that's a very common thing with drug addicts like yeah. tomorrow this is it like today's the last day but tomorrow Good. that's when it's gonna be we're gonna end this and <laughs> I do really like the way that he wanted orange pop. And then they wanted cake, and there was just like a piece of cake that they grabbed with a full fist, mm-hmm. and they split it with each mm-hmm. with each other, eating their cake and orange pop. And he wanted ice cream, and he cried about it. Yeah, uh, this. I wish we got to this moment in like a less dumb way. <laughs> dumb way. Where he was suddenly operating on him. No, just like to this breakdown. I feel like we didn't earn. Yeah, I agree earn this complete collapse of these like brilliant dudes i feel like they skipped a bunch of stuff that yeah. would be really interesting to watch yeah because like the the dynamic between the two of them like the first half of the movie before it, it like really picks up steam i thought was like really fascinating mm-hmm. and seeing jeremy irons do that but now he he doesn't quite get to play the two characters like he had been like because now they're both just drug addicts and it happened seemingly overnight. Right. Um, and it was like, I guess all of this ending scene can be tied up in, oh, they're just like whacked out of their mind. They have no idea what they're doing. But that just feels like so unsatisfying to me. They did set it up. Because they, they talk about that first conjoined twin who's, what I forget whatever his name was. Yeah. Like Aang or something. And... And they they did say you know they they talked about it and they, they, he even calls him that at one point when while he's uh, uh, Elliot calls Bev that Bev calls Elliot that oh okay because Bev is the one who does the surgery right. on Elliot and like cuts him open yeah with his his weird doctor fingers right the the pointy finger and then but yeah I I it it, it feels it feels like they there was one draft of the script. <laughs> And they were writing and writing, and they got to a certain page count, and they were like, "We got to wrap this up." Yeah, and then they just wrapped it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have liked to have seen, I because we got to see Bev's downfall. Yeah, I feel I feel like we were kind of robbed of being able to see Elliot's downfall too. Yeah, I think that would have been really interesting. Yeah, and to see how he goes through that process as this different character. Yeah, I wanted to see those two sides of that because even it was interesting he he was almost more vulnerable um elliot as a drug addict yeah than beverly was yeah but in a different way Mm -hmm. and i just yeah i would have like i would like to have seen how he got to that yeah uh so it ends with them like we need to synchronize a Monday we kick we have we set this regimen for ourselves 
and we are about to separate the Siamese twins. And right. they, they have this like conversation and there's a lot of like implied things happening that I didn't quite follow. And then it just basically ends with uh, Bev trying to do surgery on Elliot, but killing he's, him. Yeah. He's, he's trying to, to cut them apart. Right. Because they're out of their minds thinking that they're, this Con, is they're gonna, conjoined. Yeah. This is going to cut the, separate the Siamese twins, but we'll always be together. And then he wakes up because he had this terrible dream. Mm -hmm. And then he realizes, nope, not a dream. And just walks around for 10 minutes going, Ellie. Yeah. Ellie. And and Elliot is in the deep background just with like blood all over him, which was great. That's a good creepy moment. That should have been the end, though. I should just stop there. Oh, that would have been so fucked up. Just credits. Yeah. Ellie. <laughs> yeah, with that over underneath it. Ellie. Like, oh, yeah. So then the scene that followed that, I didn't understand at all. Yeah. It seemed like a waste. Like, he already, like, got dressed, went outside, went to the payphone, calls Claire, just hangs up, goes back inside, and then he was, he's dead. Just, yeah, dies next to. Yeah, like, on him, like they're conjoined. Again. Well, the, in the interesting thing of that, is this is based on this, you know, pseudo true story of these twin gynecologists, one of which who died of a drug overdose and was found in his apartment with his twin brother dead on top of him, like laying across him, just like these two died at the end of this movie. And there was no, like, obvious trauma or overdose or anything in the other twin. So that's what they're saying happened to Bev here is she just like went and for lack of a non-stupid way to say it died of like a broken heart or something. Well, they did. They the real guys, um, doctors Stuart and Cyril Marcus, mm -hmm. they both did have barbiturate. They did problems. Oh, okay. But one of them was far worse. And, and they what they what they couldn't tell in both of them is if it had been an overdose or if they, the withdrawal symptoms made one or both of them physically unable to like go get more drugs or go get help. And they died from that. Whoa. But I think one of them, actually, I think one of them was an overdose and one of them was withdrawal or they don't know. Mm. Then there's no way to tell. Which so. It's, it's pretty crazy. One, like, how many parallels there are with, like, a real thing that happened, which is already, like, nuts. But. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you have to imagine that, that that's that's all Cronenberg needed to hear was, like, what? Twin gynecologists? I'm in. A hundred percent. I'm totally in. Yeah, they were found dead by a handyman in their New York apartment on July 17th, 1975. Wow. That really happened. Yeah. Based on a true story. It doesn't say that, but... It's... I mean, yeah, I think... I mean, it says it's based on the book, which I believe the book is... It says inspired or based. And I think the book calls them their real names. Oh, wow. I but think. it's still fictionalized? Like, we don't know a lot of this stuff? Yeah, I think that... Yeah, I think that the, the book takes... The book... The book is a work of fiction that is inspired by the true story. I see. But, I mean, Twins. overall... <laughs> Again, just waiting for a twin movie where they're just twins in the movie. It It is funny. Well, there is one. It's Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> but 
but they're they're the twins because oh they can't be twins like that's the thing of the movie but why couldn't they be because look at them tonight is your night bro tonight 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 is your night bro they sing that song in the movie twins um also i heard recently a, a writer talking about or a comedian writer talking about pitching the movie triplets which like a was sequel? Yeah, uh, yes. Oh boy! And it's it's Schwarzenegger, DeVito, and Eddie Murphy. Great. The, who we've uh, is that, oft spoken of on this episode? Is he? Is that happening? No. Okay. Good. No. <laughs> the world doesn't need it. It's fine. I mean, it may happen eventually, mm, but that's okay. But it's. I think it, maybe it was Dan Levy, um, uh, who is a comedian. Uh, I think it might be him who talked about it. It's a great story. He was on Marin on uh, WTF. Okay. We're just cross promoting uh, WTF. <laughs> they need I think it. they're going to talk about us on the. I think we don't. We'll see. We'll we, see if they they if Marin talks about it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're dead. The end. Yeah, they're dead. Shoot him in the head. Three reasons. Criterion likes to give three reasons why they include movies in their collection. Uh, could not find them for Dead Ringers. <laughs> Uh, which is interesting considering how early, you know, uh, like this was a laser disc and then it was one of the first ones they brought back out on DVD. I was surprised, but maybe it predates the three reasons lists. Um, but my three reasons why I think this movie is included in the Criterion Collection. Number one, Jeremy Irons is great. Yes. Number two. Jeremy Irons is great. Number three. <laughs> Twin gynecologist. Case closed. Uh, somebody gave Cronenberg money to design gynecological instruments, uh, <laughs> which is something that should never be made, but was. And uh, it's on Criterion Collection. Uh, so I have also rewritten the synopsis. I need to make this page bigger. One moment. Chris Vamp. You know, we uh, cannot exist without listener support. Um, and during this pledge drive, we're really hoping that you'll call in. So um, right now, uh, we, we just unlocked this for, for a pledge of, of $500. We have this tote, this commemorative tote bag. Um, it is a, it's, a, it's a cloth bag, cloth vinyl um um, tote. Um, You're doing great. I need like five needs. more minutes. Um, and for, for you know, this kind of in-depth reporting um, cannot be this Eddie Murphy fan cast cannot be without the support of the listeners like you. <laughs> okay, my synopsis, uh, and I have not read this again since I wrote it, so hopefully it makes sense. Uh, Dead Ringers is Cronenberg at its most restrained. And aside from the one instance of the Ironses, Iron Eye. The Iron Eye. I love that. <laughs> melting together in a dream sequence that was clearly thrown in so David could utilize his extra batch of Cronenberg melty skin TM. The bulk of the extreme overreactions are instead left to its protagonist. The impetus for Irons 2 to go full drug meltdown is about as subtle as a bony knife finger <laughs> meant for lady parts. And even when confronted with the fact that the man on the other end of the phone was, one, her assistant, two, clearly gay, 
Irons 2 ignores the plot point like the throwaway moment it was and instead doubles down on his insistence in opioid oblivion. There were clearly beats to hit, and hit they did, but the ex- but at the expense of a coherent journey of two supposedly smart, creepy twins deciding the best way to fix one and then both of their problems is to get hopelessly addicted to drugs. <laughs> this makes sense if you're addicted to drugs, but when taking a step back and absorbing the movie as a whole... It really just ends with you being glad these horrible doctors are dead. Instead, I will take it as the life lesson it was not meant to be and make sure my sons do not go into gynecology (laughs) based on a true story, three stars. Wow. That's good. And I'm glad that you brought it back to to your twins because, you know, look, uh, I look around here and it makes me very concerned. Is it because of all my gynecological instruments? It could be all the dicks on that poster. It could be, I mean, this, the the paints that you have over here, really, tr- it looks like the paints are assembling themselves to, like, come <laughs> take over your house. Well, uh, is this good stuff, visual stuff that yeah, I'm describing? it's good. Um, got a mini DV camera over there. Guys, we're having fun. What are we watching next? The tote bag. <laughs> It's a commemorative tote. <laughs> we should make a tote bag. <laughs> Criterion Arts fundraiser. Unlocked tote bag. Um, Can't wait to sell one to my mom. And Chris's mom. Hi, Mom. Hi, Chris's mom. Um, or shit. Don't we, we have a list, don't we? Did we, well, did here's, we make a... We did, but I we mentioned last rubric, which is our other show you should listen to, and also earlier a couple options. So we have Night of the Living Dead, if you want to do that. And I I... would like to see Videodrome or The Brood, but I don't know if we want to do two Cronenbergs back-to-back. No. Okay. (laughs) So Night of the Living Dead? Or do you want to find something grosser? Here it is. Here's our list. Okay. God, it has been a long time. Okay, uh, polyester, do the right thing. My own private Idaho. The Blob, naked, f for fake, fantastic. Planet. I've never seen the Blob. Me neither. Let's do the Blob. Blob. That's probably gonna be like okay. It's. I mean, I've, I've seen like. There's the scene that every you everybody's seen from it, where the guys like Chris is standing. <laughs> like, I mean, it might be a little over the top. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's let's do that. I've never seen it. Uh, I'm surprised that one hasn't been remade. It has many times. Nah. Many, many times. Nah. Joseph. I'm going to look it up. Chris, talk about the tote. In this day and age. Give me a second here, man. It's only been remade once. In this day and age. With limited finite resources. This commemorative tote can be used for your shopping needs to save vital plastic and paper resources for future generations. Climate change is real. And so is this commemorative tote bag. <laughs> for only $1,000. Ooh, it's 1000 now. You should have called earlier. <laughs> it's okay. The phones are not ringing. <laughs> We really need your help. The best way to make him ring is to increase the price. It's commemorative tote. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, now you want it? Yeah, it's a thousand. 
Well, you can tune in next time to watch The Blob along with us uh, from 1958. That's a long time ago. It is. Well, I think 19, it's either 58 or 59. That's the first year uh, uh, Mad Men takes place. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, 1988 was the most recent remake. So double feature? Yeah. <laughs> Should we do? 30 yeah, years of Forced apart. entry. That'll be, uh, we'll do, we'll do the blob 58 and then the blob 88 on <laughs> rubric. Some, that's some synergy, some cross promotion. Sinner, S-I-N, Sinners. For more hot bangers like this, listen to more shows at explosivemagico.com. You can write into Criterionauts, Criterionauts at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, basically just uh, an alert of when shows are posted. Uh, but there are other shows. If you enjoy my voice, Chris's voice, listen to Rubric, which is weirdly hard to find on the, the iTunes store but it should be in your Criterion feed. And uh, if you have any suggestions for movies to watch on this show, email us. Please do. We have, I mean, we have this list, um, but also I feel like they, they've just released a, a new batch of Criterions. They did. And, yeah. and I remember there being one or two that I thought would be prime real estate for us to, to check out. Okay, we'll check those out. And we will see you all on the next Criterion Outs. Hopefully it'll be sooner than six months from now. <laughs> but uh, who's to say? I've been Criterion Out Joey. I've been Criterion Out Chris. We'll see you next time. That's for